John Rawl speaking. Thank you for tuning in. This is The Y'all Show, the show where we talk with a southern accent, and we put an accent on all things southern on y'all. Hope your Tuesday is off and going rip-roaring start to it, and if it's not, maybe we can help turn it around for you here on The Y'all Show. We've got a good show, as we always try to bring you each and every day on The, on the Y'all Program with John Rawl. We've got a lot of political talk in this hour. We're going to welcome in from the Texas Tribune. That's a website that has the pulse on all things Texas. Aman Bathija, the political editor of the Texas Tribune, he's going to be our guest in the next segment. And we're going to talk to Aman about the big Senate race going on in Texas between Beto O'Rourke, the Democratic candidate, and incumbent Ted Cruz, who's fighting hard to keep his seat in the U.S. Senate. Who would have ever thought that this race would even be close? Well, we'll find out from Amon Bathija from the Texas Tribune just how close this race is. And we'll also talk to him about other happenings politically in the Lone Star State. So we've got a lot of good Texas talk coming up on the Y'all Show this hour. And we're not just going to focus on the Texas Senate race. Before we get out of here this hour, we're going to take a glance around all of the U.S. Senate races in the South that are going on this November. States like Florida, states like Mississippi, and more. Tennessee's got a heated Senate race. We'll kind of outline all of our southern states and where to look for possibly some upsets even for our U.S. Senate in November. That's coming up later this hour on the Y'all Show. When we've turned the page to hour two, hang on for sports land yet. We've got a lot of good stuff there, as we always do, including some fishing news. I think I went into the wrong business. I didn't realize being an angler could make you several hundred thousand dollars, but evidently it can, and I'll tell you about it in hour two. Plus, we'll switch over, and speaking of fish, but not necessarily to catch on a lake, maybe to put on the grill, we'll talk to Matt Hermans about his idea of cooking fish, but also everything else he's got up his Texas-sized barbecue sleeve, as we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue back with us, Matt Hermans. He'll give us a barbecue report, and he's got a couple of Jim Dandy recommendations in the southeast for us to go to. If you haven't been there already, Matt's got just what you need as you travel the south. Maybe you live close to one of his recommendations. We'll have all that in the barrister's report in hour two today. Now, as we look at the headlines from across the south to start off this y'all show, as we mentioned on Monday's show, thankfully, it was a fairly quiet weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia, and even in Washington, D.C., as the anniversary of the deadly attack by the young man who killed Heather Heyer in Charlottesville. That uh, solemn occasion was remembered this past weekend, and the idiots who were going to cause the scene, the, the racist people, well, they didn't really show up, and that's a good thing, as we mentioned on the Monday show, but we do want to Call it out when we need to. Three officers were assaulted over the weekend in Charlottesville by the Antifa folks. Charlottesville Police Chief Rashal Brackney gave an update Monday at a news conference, and he was joined by leaders from other agencies involved in the immense law enforcement response, and that was a great job in 2018 of com you know combating all these bozos, really on both sides. But as we saw, you saw only one side actually show up in force, and that was the Antifa side, the counter-protesters. The other people were thankfully chicken and didn't show up, and that's a good thing. I don't think there's that many of them to be, just to begin with, to be honest with you. But this anniversary's occasion was luckily no bloodshed, a couple of arrests, things went about as good as it could have been, and we can turn the page. But they did arrest several people in Charlottesville over the weekend, 
after Antifa got a little bit out of hand and police were assaulted on this weekend. Now we go from Virginia to Florida. And remember how Florida's been in the news for a long time for stand your ground, the self-defense law? Well, a Florida man was arrested on a prosecutor's warrant yesterday in connection with a fatal shooting back in July that a sheriff said originally was justified under the state's stand your ground. Michael Dredcutt, 47, was charged with manslaughter in the 19th of July death of 28-year-old Marcus McLaughlin when they got in a dispute over a handicapped parking spot at a convenience store in Clearwater, Florida. The video of that shooting was available and the video shows that they did have this debate and in the end, after some pressure, Dredjka is going to be charged in the death of the man there in Florida, Marcus McLaughlin. A Savannah, Georgia police officer and his wife were found stabbed to death Monday in their coastal Georgia neighborhood where investigators detained a teenager and charged him with felony murder in the slayings. Police believe that the suspect, age 16, is the slain woman's brother and that he had been living with his sister and her husband. The accused suspect is 16-year-old Michael Barber. The victims, their names have not been released pending notification of relatives. But a terrible day in Savannah as a Savannah police officer killed and his wife as well by what looks like a family member who stabbed them to death. Aretha Franklin, the Memphis native, is gravely ill, according to several reports. The Queen of Soul uh, announced last year she was going to retire from touring, and in March she had to cancel shows based on doctor's orders. The Associated Press, citing a person close to the singer who was not allowed to talk publicly about the topic, said Monday that the 76-year-old singer was seriously ill. And now this is a developing story. We'll hope for uh, the best with Aretha Franklin, but it sounds like she is in very serious health and, and major problems for the Queen of Soul. We wish her the best, and thank you for the great music memories. Are you about to have a baby? Well, you might want to determine <laughs> that, that you might want to go to a different state if you're about to pop out a baby. And the reason is there's a brand new survey that's come out of the best and worst states to have a baby in 2018. And there's some southern states on here that really you don't want to be in, according to this survey, from Wallet Hub, the worst states. Well, let's go to the best states. Let's see what we got from a positive standpoint here on the Y'all Show. As far as southern states that are near the top, well, you won't find any. The first southern state to even show up is Maryland at 23, and that's, of course, to most people, not even the south. Virginia's at 25. You've got, you got to keep cruising down the list. Or Texas at 35, Kentucky 36, Missouri 37, Florida 39. North Carolina, 40. Again, these are the states to have a baby in, and North Carolina's the 40th best state. That means we've got about 10 more to go, and I bet you almost every single one's going to be from the south. Tennessee, you're number 41 on the worst state, uh, on the best state to have a baby, but you're near the bottom, so that's not good news for the volunteer state. Arkansas is 44. Georgia is 45. West Virginia, 46. Oklahoma, 47. Louisiana, 48. South Carolina, 49, and actually they've got D.C. listed in here, so there's an actual total of 51 options for best state to have a baby in. So we're left with Alabama and Mississippi as the two worst states to have a baby in. Drum roll, please. The worst state. This is kind of like the Miss America pageant. The worst state to have a baby in, according to Wallet Hub, is 
um, where's Steve Harvey when you need him? The sovereign state of Mississippi. Congratulations, you're dead last in the states to have a baby in. Alabama comes in at 50 in this listing. And you can go to Wallet Hub and learn more about how they came up with these findings. Expenses, medical bills, and such were all part of the research that went into this listing of the best states, which means some are worst, to have a baby in. I had a baby in Mississippi once, the worst state according to this search, and turned out all right, I guess. I guess, you know, at eight years old, we'll find out how well it turned out, but I think it's going pretty good right now. But yeah, the, the, at least the hatching part did it. Everything worked out fine, and it wasn't too expensive. And I'm pleased. But again, maybe Wallet Hub knows more about my baby than than I do. Lee Jeans, remember Lee Jeans? Kind of a fixture of the '80s, back in the urban cowboy days and such. Company that you either had Lee or Wrangler, I think, to choose from. Perhaps Jordache jeans? Am I dating myself? Yeah, that was a big brand for a time. Lee Jeans announced Monday that they plan to move their headquarters from Merriam, Kansas to North Carolina. They're going to move to Greensboro as part of a reorganization and a split from its parent company, VF Corp. Lee Jeans will join Wrangler Jeans in North Carolina as part of a spinoff from VF Corp. Now, Lee Jeans has a long history in Kansas. They were founded in Kansas in 1889, and now they're heading to the textile hub of North Carolina and going to start over, getting a little bit further south in their history. Lee Jeans, I'm sure you've had a pair before. I've had a pair. Good company. But for whatever reason, Lee Jeans just doesn't seem to be popping off the shelves these days in my, in my very, very elementary research of the topic. And, and frank, frankly, I don't think jeans are doing that good these days, at least here in America, here in the South. It's too darn hot. We like to wear shorts a lot of times. But when I actually was doing some research on this story about Lee Jeans re- relocating to Greensboro, <laughs> one of the funny things when I pulled up a headline, it said, this headline says, Lee Wrangler Jeans, VF to spin off $2.5 billion division. And, and here's the catch. <laughs> I can't say this without laughing. What has been the problem for jeans? It's not been me wearing my khakis or seersucker or shorts even. That's not the real competition for jeans. You know what the competition for jeans is in 2018, according to this headline? VF is spinning off its division as yoga pants shake-up industry. I do not own a pair of yoga pants. Hopefully no man does. But a lot of women... Sure, wear them. They wear them to the grocery store. They wear them all around town. And I, I don't mean to sound like a bad guy here, but I think, women, you would agree. You know, some people probably shouldn't be wearing yoga pants. I, I said people. I'm trying to be gender neutral here. They just don't really look that good if you're, if you're, if you're not rocking it from a physique standpoint. I don't know if you need to be wearing yoga pants. But maybe there's a reason other than the sign of being in shape why people wear yoga pants are they comfortable are they much more comfortable and much more cooler than wearing jeans i can see that but i don't know about you i'm not i think my posterior is not bad i'm a guy so 
you got to figure in that it's really not a big of a deal. But I guess women do care. I know from my days working in Nashville in the country music business, people went nuts over people like Neil McCoy and John Michael Montgomery because they wore those crazy starch jeans. And women just loved them. God, could you imagine those guys wearing yoga pants? <laughs> but I, I just don't, if I were a female, and right now I'm not, and but I have the authority and the permission according to our world to transition if I needed to, <laughs> I still don't think I would ever wear yoga pants. I'm not that proud of my posterior, and it's not that bad. Again, I'm a guy, so I think most every guy's posterior is kind of the same, but I'm a guy. But women who judge themselves more than men do, I, I just, I don't see how they how they do it. I don't see how women, how that's become the real fad. And they wear it all the time. I mean, I, I don't know how you wear it because, frankly, I like to wear pants with pockets in them. And I don't think yoga pants have pockets. So where are you going to put your phone? Where are you going to put your wallet? Where are you going to put your purse? Okay. Lee Jeans having problems against uh, the fight against yoga pants. So they're going to move from Kansas to North Carolina. We wish them well. Maybe I need to be in the yoga pants business. WWE star Jim the Anvil Neidhart died at the age of 63 on Monday, and he had been a popular fixture in the WWE. He was a native of Florida, and he died in Pasco County, Florida. And he was, uh, uh, like we said, back in the 1980s, one of the stars of WWE and made appearances with his daughter in the WWE reality series, Total Divas. The Anvil, dead at the age of 63 for all you wrestling fans out there. Also in Florida, the Florida Police Union has asked members not to buy Miami Dolphins tickets after several players for Miami protested the national anthem in a preseason game. This has been going on in South Florida for a while, but now this police union has asked its members to boycott the Dolphins after these players protested the national anthem at Thursday's game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Broward County Police Benevolent Association, BCPBA, has called on its members to request refunds for season tickets and said it's ending its partnership for discounted tickets with the Dolphins franchise. The move comes after a number of NFL players, including wide receivers Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson, knelt during the national anthem at several preseason games. The BCPA is also urging members of the Dade County PBA and Palm Beach PBA to join the boycott. The organization, the organization also sent an email to the NFL saying it would reevaluate their decision if the league changes how they handle players who kneel during the national anthem. But a police association, a union of police officers, has asked members to not buy Miami Dolphins tickets. I don't know how much of a difference that will make, but golly, the Dolphins, if you ever know, notice them on television or if you're able to go to a Dolphins game, looks like they have a hard time filling up the stadium anyway. So anybody protesting... The Dolphins can't be good news for the fish because they have real problems. So do the Miami Hurricanes getting the stadium, Sunlight Life Stadium, filled when it's football time. As we roll on with our headlines across the southeast, if you're in Chattanooga and you're hungry, the place to go is Champy's Fried Chicken. Well, that's what one man is accused of doing as he broke into the restaurant in the Lookout City and then proceeded to cook himself some chicken wings. Then he stole a city truck and drove off. But yeah, bad enough that he broke into Champy's, which is a very nice place in Chattanooga and also in Murfreesboro. 
They even have Mississippi Delta tamales at Champies, of which I've had more than my share, fair, fair share. In fact, I had some last month when we had a y'all meeting in Murfreesboro at the location of Champies there. But this suspect, Evan Elmore, was found Saturday morning with a stolen public works truck after Chattanooga police tracked his GPS location. Charges in Chattanooga are pending, but you have some great surveillance video from Champies showing Elmore crawling through a window and then, I guess, helping himself to a snack. And as we said, he cooked him some wings. Got some chicken wings going while he's breaking into the place. <laughs> Give him credit. Hey, if you're going to break into a place and get chicken wings, Champies Chicken, not a bad choice in Chattanooga. I think they've got two locations in Chattanooga. Good place. Further up in East Tennessee, there's a baseball team in the rookie Appalachian League called the Greenville Reds. They were the Greenville Astros, but they've changed their name this year, Greenville Reds. And they were on their way to a game in Bristol this week, and they saw a horrible wreck happen on Interstate 81, and one person actually died in the wreck. But these Greenville Reds players, all rookies in minor league baseball, they actually are getting paid to play, got out and helped with the accident. And what a great job by the Greenville Reds who play at Tusculum College there in East Tennessee. But they were able to help and try to make the terrible situation a little better. But it was a deadly accident on I-81 Friday. And the Greenville Reds coming to help out on their way to Bristol. To another Greenville we go, but this one's in Mississippi. And it doesn't have an E in the name. Greenville, G-R-E-E-N-V-I-L-L-E is the one we're talking about here this city along the Mississippi River and the Delta of Mississippi. Sounds like a place you might want to go if you'd like to have a cocktail or two because Greenville, Mississippi is considering having to-go cups for alcohol. But just this week, Greenville has delayed a vote and on this vote and, and on this decision to perhaps offer to-go cups of alcohol. Yeah, if you want to go to Greenville, Mississippi, if this legislation ends up passing... You can get a to-go cup. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Now, maybe in Louisiana, I think they even have drive through places in Louisiana you can go through and get, I don't think hard liquor, but they have like uh, some of the fruity drinks that people like to have when they go down to, to, to Louisiana. I think I'm right that they have those kind of laws in Louisiana. Now, Greenville's not across the river from Louisiana. It's actually across the river from Arkansas, but it's not far from the Louisiana line. So I guess maybe some of that Louisiana influence is getting into the Delta City of Greenville, Mississippi, as they are considering two go cups for alcohol. But right now there's been a delay from the administrators there in the city of Greenville on this. And we'll keep you posted. Kind of might be fun walking around with a to-go cup all the time. Now, some places do this to-go thing. If they've got a festival, for perhaps they'll let you walk around in a closed-off area at a street festival. But Greenville, Mississippi, considering having a to-go all the time. If you like World War II history, and I absolutely love World War II history, I have yet to go to the museum, the World War II Museum in New Orleans. But if you haven't been there, or if you've been and you still are just a great student of military history, well, the World War II Museum in New Orleans has announced that there are teaming up with Arizona State University and offering a new online master's degree program in World War II studies, and classes are going to begin in January. So you can get a master's degree from the Sun Devil U 
with a degree in World War II studies. And this brings me to a point to think, if I haven't already, and I think I have, but just in case, and always a good reminder, we want to thank our members of the greatest generation. We want to thank our World War II veterans. There are many still with us. They're fading every day, but there are still a good many out there. And if you know one, take time, thank them. Thank them for their sacrifice. Thank Thank the spouse of the World War II veterans who also sacrificed. People don't realize when the boys went to fight in Japan and in Germany, the women, the wives, the girlfriends, the family members, they didn't see those guys for years in many cases. They, they didn't know first if they'd ever come back. Oftentimes they wouldn't see them for two and three years. And remember, this is in the 1940s where there wasn't text and phones everywhere. They really, all they had to communicate with was an occasional letter. And they were lucky to get that. So it was a great sacrifice by our soldiers, our GIs, and the families. And I'm sure all of this will be part of the master's degree program from Arizona State as they have this in conjunction with the National World War II Museum in the Big Easy. Looking forward to going there one day, although I have a little bit of a bone to pick with the city of New Orleans with some of their anti-history efforts in the last two years. How about this? This is a South Carolina woman who now lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's celebrating her 113th birthday, but there's new evidence that says that she actually might even be older than 113. Hester Ford was born in 1905 in Lancaster County, South Carolina, which is just to the south of Charlotte, the youngest daughter of a farmer. She grew up learning the value of family and hard work, raised 12 children with her husband in Charlotte, and now she's got 58 grandchildren and more than 120 great-great-grandchildren. And people came out for an early birthday celebration over the weekend for her birthday. It actually is tomorrow, Wednesday, August 15th. But researchers aren't sure that she actually was born on August 15th of 1905 because they're saying that they've come across some census data that might indicate that Ford, who was born Hester McCardell, might have actually been born in 1904, making her... 114 years old. Regardless, she is a centenarian, I think is the term, and we wish her well whether she's 113 or 114 on Wednesday. Happy birthday, Hester Ford, the Sand Lapper turned Tar Heel there in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's the oldest woman in the state of North Carolina and getting ready for a birthday. We're just not sure what number it is, but we wish you all the best. A big adieu to you. When we come back on The Y'all Show, we'll turn our attention to politics, politics Texas style. We're going to welcome in Amon Bethija from the Texas Tribune, and he's going to help us profile the upcoming U.S. Senate race in Texas. It's a big one with Ted Cruz trying to hold on to his seat. We'll tell you all about it and more as The Y'all Show continues. Stay with us. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. 
Moving expenses? There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Great song from 1993's gold album Red and Rio Grande from Doug Supernall. And that song there, the title track of his BNA Records album. Doug grew up in Inwood Forest, Texas, and uh, still at it on the country music front. Well, we're not here to talk country music now on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. We're actually here to talk some Texas politics. And we're going to go right to the source, the Texas Tribune here on the program, and we're going to be joined by the political editor for the Texas Tribune, Amon Bathija, and he's joining us now on the phone from the capital of the Lone Star State, Austin. Hello, Amon. Hey, John. Thank you for taking a little time out as you all get ready for a big couple of months. Now, we know about the marquee matchup in Texas in November. It's going to be the matchup between sitting U.S. Senator Ted Cruz and his challenger, Beto O'Rourke. Now, just to give our fans of the show a tease, I know there's got to be a lot more going on in Texas in November besides that race, but are there any other outstanding primaries or anything like that in Texas prior to November? Uh, no, we had our we had actually the first primary of the year uh, in the country in Texas okay. uh, in early March, and then for the races that went to runoffs, the runoffs were in May. Okay, so, so y'all all, are, all of that's been settled. All right, I thought so, but my gosh, there's been so many other states now between when you got it started that you kind of lose track of all this stuff. But Texas, yeah, you, you, you know what you're doing there in Texas. Have you heard that? <laughs> I hear that quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, well, let's talk about Ted Cruz, Beto O'Rourke. Now, O'Rourke is a congressman from Texas. How long has he been in office? Um, I want to he's uh, been three terms, so three terms. This is probably six year. Okay, now he's getting a lot of money into his campaign, and a lot of people think he can pull off an upset. I mean, Ted Cruz has been a force in Republican politics. I mean, he was the runner-up for president, you could say, in 2016 on the Republican side. How in the world did this guy, Beto O'Rourke, rise to where we are today? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with Ted Cruz running for president. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he 
he ran for president and he he just became this known quantity to everyone, not just people who follow politics closely, but to pretty much everyone in the state. And those that like him really like him, but those that don't really don't. And so a lot of them got energized at the idea of voting Cruz out, who, you know, you're right, he is a force in Texas politics, but he's only been there. He's he's, he's on his first term. He, he got elected in 2012. So um, it's, it's still a fair, it's a very short political history he's had uh, in office. Uh, and so just the, the Democrats are really energized at the idea of trying to uh, unseat him. And Pedro War came along and has just been kind of running the right campaign to get Democrats, both in Texas and nationally, energized about his race. So that's why that's why he's been able to just raise this incredible amount of money. He's outraised Cruz several quarters in a row. Um, however, Texas has not elected a Democratic a Democrat statewide in over 20 years. It's, Golly. it's an incredible. Yeah, it's an incredible streak for Republicans. And so, I mean, we just had a story the other day from um, our, our D.C. reporter, Abby Livingston. Just She talked to a lot of operatives on both sides, and they all say that they still think Cruz is going to win it, but it's going to be um, closer than a statewide Republican has been in um, in quite some time. And so that it might be kind of embarrassing to him and, you know, cause some excitement among Democrats and some soul searching among Republicans that maybe the state is becoming a toss up state, but that in the end, Cruz will probably still win it. Well, we've seen the Democrats nationally get excited about a lot of these primaries going on since Texas got it going on early. And other than the one congressional special election in Pennsylvania, I think the Democrats have lost every major Republican v. Democrat race that's been going on. They've come close. They get a ribbon for getting close, but they have only won the one race. Does that sound right? Um, I have not checked all of the um, special elections that nationwide, so I don't know offhand. I know. I mean, right. there was one here uh, for to replace Blake Farenthold. Um, and that was one by a Republican, but that's also a very Republican seat, so that mm-hmm. was not a that was not a huge surprise. Well, this this Cruz O'Rourke could be another example of the Democrats almost pulling it off, but in the end, the Republicans still finds a way. Now, you haven't mentioned DJT in this whole discussion of Ted Cruz, and that would be Donald J. Trump. How much is Trump playing a factor in this Senate race this year? Um, he's a pretty big factor. Uh, you know, even some Republicans who, you know, may have voted for Cruz and you know, a few years ago and liked him um, were pretty um, turned off by how he handled the end of his presidential campaign. You know, going to the Republican National Convention, publicly choosing to not endorse Trump, and then a few weeks later changing his mind and endorsing him anyway. Um, so there is um, that that kind of hurt his uh, his political profile in the state. Uh, but at the same time, Cruz has said recently that he, he's invited Trump to come campaign for him before November. So uh, I think Trump's going to be a pretty big factor in that race, like he's going to be in races all around the country. Mm-hmm. Well, the challenger, Beto O'Rourke, he is roughly 46, what is he, 45 years old currently. He'll be 46 by the time the election is held. And he's a guy who's got a Columbia University undergrad, so he's got the Ivy League going on with him. And his part of Texas he represents, is it El Paso? Yes. Okay. So he's way out in West Texas, but has been a congressman, right. as, as we've said, for a couple of terms now. And and you, the energy you mentioned was uh, definitely on the Democratic side behind O'Rourke. Do you think the Republicans are just as galvanized for Cruz at this point, or is that something they're holding back until we get closer to November? 
I think Republicans are not as galvanized. Um, I think some of them are actually starting to get scared with how much more excitement O'Rourke seems to be drawing on the Democratic side, uh, especially in the state's urban areas. Uh, but, you know, the rural areas in particular and <clears throat> the rural and suburban areas are still fairly Republican. And in the past, that's kind of helped that's kind of helped to keep Republicans winning statewide, even when, you know, uh, most of our urban areas have now gone blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rural and suburban areas have, have kind of kept helped uh, Republicans maintain the advantage statewide. And I think they're counting that on that again this time. This is the Y'all Show. We've got our political spotlight on right now, and we're talking Texas politics with the political editor of the Texas Tribune and texastribune.org on the web, and that is Amon Bathija, and he's our special guest as we talk Lone Star State politics. Y'all have been tearing it up on the Texas Tribune website, and you've got tons of great political coverage, so kudos to you and the fellow members of your staff there at the Texas Tribune. But I see an article on the homepage today that is all about the candidate that isn't on the ballot may be the most important one. We were just talking about the president. Are you seeing that trickle down not only in the Senate race, but in other races going on for November? Oh, absolutely. Trump's, um, as that, that's um, a column by our executive editor, Ross Ramsey. And I, yeah, I completely agree with it, that Trump's shadow is kind of over the entire ballot. You know, we've, we've, we've heard from candidates who feel like it's really hard to get people to even pay attention to their races and you know when you're talking about down ballot races that's always a challenge but it feels even more so this year because just the national conversation and trump in particular seems to just like monopolize all the everyone's attention span <clears throat> so it's made it hard to um you know for them to even kind of get people <clears throat> into their race and in, yeah. in, in a lot of cases now one of the if you go back to when trump was first campaigning for president one of his Great claims to fame, which was true at the time. He came to Dallas early, uh, midway through the 2015 year calendar year, and he had a, a rally where the Mavericks play. What do they call that place? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know? The, the, um, whatever. It's in downtown Dallas. Yeah, he came to where the Dallas oh, American Mavericks. Airlines Center. I yeah, think. there we go. There we go. And he had a big rally, and this was before he really got a lot of traction, and he really did pack the place out. If he were to come back to Dallas today, do you think he would have a similar result with the attendance? I would say so. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, it wouldn't. Have, a lot of those people, I would imagine, didn't come from Dallas. They came from the surrounding areas because mm-hmm. Dallas is a pretty blue city at this point. Uh, but yeah, no, I think he he still got a decent, a strong following in Texas, um, especially among the Republican base. We we did a story. Um, Probably in January, we talked to over 40 candidates running in Republican primaries and asked them their assessment of Trump mm-hmm. and if they had anything like negative to say about him at all. And to a fault, none of them would say anything other than they don't like his tweets. <laughs> really? Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't bring up. You know, we thought. You know, we we didn't expect most of them. We thought maybe a couple would bring up Russia or you know concerns that he's. Uh, you know, his hotels are making money and, you know, there's conflicts of interest or something. No, nothing. It was all just, I don't like his tweets. I wish he'd stop tweeting. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. So the Republican base is pretty well behind him. Everybody else on Twitter probably would prefer him not to tweet a lot of times because every time he tweets, it gets attention. And regular Joes like you and I, when we tweet, well, nobody ever talks about it. So I, I'm kind of jealous <laughs> on that front. But, yeah, I, 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 he, he wouldn't be in office if not for Twitter. And he knows that. So that's one reason he's not going to hang it up. But I wanted to ask sure. you, speaking of Russia, I heard you say the, the, the Russian word. 
you just had a state senator from Texas, Don Huffines, go to Moscow and meet with Russian officials. What, what was that all about? So Don Huffines is a state senator, and it's actually weirder than that. Uh, his, he has a twin bro- an identical twin brother who ran for office this year uh, for another state senate seat and lost the Republican primary. It was a very expensive race, tens of, I think over $10 million. Uh, but both Don Huffines and his twin brother went to Russia with Rand Paul. Uh, on a, Rand Paul went to Russia to um, talk to Russian officials there and I think deliver a letter for Trump to, from Trump to Vladimir Putin. Putin. Uh-huh. And uh, Don Huffines and his brother, who have been friends with the Paul family for a long time, uh, went also. And they, Don Huffines said he went to um, tell Russians to stop with the election meddling. Ah. Okay. I'm, I'm sure if Russia was not already challenged and threatened by Washington, now they're going to be threatened and challenged by Austin. <laughs> uh, I, as far as I understand, both Rand Paul's trip and Don Huffines joining him, you know, D.C. and Austin had it was not. They were not official trips. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was hoping you're going to tell me that you folks there at the Texas Tribune have got breaking news that Texas has declared war on Russia for meddling. I, I would. That'd be <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun to hear. But yeah, yeah I saw that one come across. I like. What is a state senator doing going to Russia to uh, to do whatever he was doing over there? But you fill it out. Um, I'm on. We, we were as surprised as you were. <laughs> okay. Well, this show, of course, airs all over the country, including the South, but Texas is only a portion of our listening audience. So we just wanted to educate everybody. Okay, Lone Star State, November general election. Other than the Senate race that we've been discussing in depth, what congressional races should we be paying attention to in Texas in November? There are um, a handful of congressional races that are um, – getting a lot of attention and money. Uh, there are three uh, incumbents, Will Hurd, John Culberson, and Pete Sessions. All of them represent districts that, even though they won re-election in 2016, Hillary Clinton got more voters than um, Trump in those districts. So those three districts immediately became Democrats' priorities because they thought those are potentially flippable. And all three districts have um, pretty strong candidates that are drawing a lot of funding and um, are pretty good on the trail. Uh, so those races are uh, three big ones to watch. Another one that's getting a lot of attention is um, John Carter, who's a, it's a fairly Republican district uh, uh, outside of Austin, but um, his opponent is just really kind of setting the campaign world on fire. Her name is MJ Hager. She posted her campaign video a couple months, a few weeks ago, and um, it got over, I think, over 2 million views. Uh, it's a she's a war hero and um, she just has an incredible background and uh, has been also just based on that video and that it went viral has been raising a lot of money and we've been hearing a lot that John Carter who's never had a serious race before is is now running you know like he's got one. Mm-hmm. MJ Hager, a Connecticut native who graduated from the University of Texas and served in the Air Force and had the rank of major in this race against John Carter in the area you just mentioned, I guess you said around Austin? Uh, yeah, just, uh, just a little north of Austin. In the Hill Country? Yeah. All right, so you've got those congressional races. Is there anything in Austin from a state government standpoint that folks outside of the Lone Star State need to be watching Texas for? It's like, those crazy Texans are at it again. Well, I think uh, next year, uh, after the election, where is our next le- – Texas, unlike most states – only meets for session every other year. 
Uh, and so we're meeting, our next meeting is in um, January, okay. uh, the legislature. And uh, two big issues that I think are probably going to get the national attention is um, guns. We had two pretty prominent um, and horrible shootings, mass shootings in Texas. Right. Uh, one was at a school, and um, I'm, I'm blanking on where the other one was. It wasn't at a school. Well, the but, one in um, Dallas during uh, 2015 or whatever. Oh, yeah, that one too. Yeah, that one too. And so there's been a kind of a push for some gun control le- measures, and even the governor has said that the state's laws may need to be re-looked at. So um, that's going to be a pretty hot topic next session. And the other one is going to be, um, this is our first session after Hurricane Harvey. And so what is the state going to do to try and help rebuild that area and maybe try and um, kind of uh, work on ways to help it so that if another big hurricane comes, that it won't get hit as badly. Yeah, I have not heard of the Texas strategy of only meeting every other year. That's actually pretty smart. I guess people have to have regular jobs, huh? Yeah, in fact, the, the state pays uh, very little for legislators, so it's considered a part-time job as a citizen legislature. Uh, but what in reality what that means is almost everyone in the legislature is independently wealthy or in jobs that pay really, really well. <laughs> it's, a job you have to, it's a job you have to leave for six months every two years to go to the legislature. Yep. Well, we can't thank you enough for taking the time out from Austin and giving us a report from the Texas Tribune. Amon Bathija has been our special guest, and he is a political editor at texastribune.org. And this is a wonderful site. It's nonpartisan and nonprofit. It's all digital. Well, if you go around Texas looking for a paper copy, you ain't going to find it. It's online only, texastribune.org, and they keep up with Texas politics in a big old way. As only a Texan could do it. The biggest way they can do it, they're doing it at the Texas Tribune. Amon, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, there's a lot of other Southern states besides the Lone Star State that are also having key U.S. Senate races in November. When we come back, we'll break it down. Who's running? What are the states to look for? And maybe there's an upset in the mix. That's right ahead on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Hey, small business owners. Whether you're known for designing dresses for divas or delivering amazingly accurate accounting, there's something that makes your business great. And Vistaprint is here to help you tell the world. That's why we're offering 500 custom business cards starting at $9.99. There are hundreds of styles to choose from, easy logo upload, and our team is standing by to help you out. So be bold, be brilliant, and be the person who gets 500 business cards for just $9.99 at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code 7575 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7575. We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. And we're back for the final segment of Hour 1 of the Y'all Show with John Raw. We want to remind you, in Hour 2, the Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue will be dropping by for a all-barbecue and great food report. Matt Hermans will be our special guest, so hang on to that. In the previous segment, we talked about Texas politics and the big U.S. Senate race going on in Texas in November. Hey, we want to let you know that there are several other southern states that are having big Senate races also 
in November. And I'm going to quickly kind of run through them here on the Y'all Show and give you an idea of what to be looking for besides Texas come November. In Florida, this is going to be a big one, and I predict there's going to be an upset in this one. you got Bill Nelson, the astronaut-turned-senator. He's an incumbent running for what would be his fourth term in office if he were re-elected in November. His challenger is the current governor of the state of Florida, Rick Scott. Now, Rick Scott's not the only Republican as of right now running. He's going to have a primary August 28th. He should win that primary easily and then move on to face Bill Nelson in November. But looks like it's going to be Rick Scott, Bill Nelson, and Florida. And I think Rick Scott's got a very good chance of knocking off Bill Nelson and switching a blue seat to a red come November. Moving on to other southern states in Maryland, Ben Cardin shouldn't have any problem. He's the incumbent in the Commonwealth of Maryland, and he's facing off against Republican Tony Campbell in what should be a very easy race for Cardin as he looks for his third successful race to get to be senator from the state of Maryland. Now to Mississippi. Mississippi is an unusual state with several people running. You've got two different Senate races going on. Roger Wicker, he should be the winner without any problem in his U.S. Senate race. Roger Wicker, the Republican, he's facing off against a Democrat named David Berea, but that race really not even a factor. The real attention in Mississippi is the special election that's going to be held that's going to be for the U.S. Senate race that once belonged to Thad Cochran. you got Cindy Hyde-Smith, the current interim U.S. Senator for Mississippi. She's going to be going off against Democrat Mike Espy and Chris McDaniel, who gave Thad Cochran all he could handle and more in a special election a few years ago that Cochran ended up sneaking out a win. But that is a, a big race that will be talked about lot, a lot as we go on. Going to be real fascinating to see what happens with that particular race for U.S. Senate in the state of Mississippi. Claire McCaskill, she's going to be in for a run in Missouri. She'll be seeking her third term as U.S. Senator in the Show Me State. Her Republican challenger is Josh Hawley. So Missouri, one of our southern states that will have a U.S. Senate race coming up in just a few months. And then to Tennessee, where Bob Corker is retiring as a result of that, you've got the two challengers that are going to be facing off in November. Marsha Blackburn, the current congresswoman from the Nashville area, and she's going to be taking on Phil Bredesen, the Nashville mayor-turned-Tennessee governor, two-term Tennessee governor. And Blackburn and Bredesen will be the political foes in November for the Tennessee U.S. Senate seat. As we talked about in the earlier segment, Ted Cruz going off against Beto O'Rourke in Texas. And finally, in the look of States, you turn to Virginia and West Virginia here in the South. And in Virginia, I don't think there's going to be an upset. You'll probably likely see Tim Kaine, who, of course, was the chosen person from Hillary Clinton to be vice president when she ran for president in 2016. Tim Kaine is looking for a re-election in the Commonwealth. He's going to be facing Corey Stewart, Republican, in in the state of Virginia. I think I think Tim Kaine should win that without too much effort. Corey Stewart, kind of an outsider, but that is going on in Virginia. The the bigger race is on the other side of that border with West Virginia and Joe Manchin, the popular senator from West Virginia. He is looking to be reelected and he's going to be facing off against Republican Patrick Morrissey. Of course, Joe Manchin probably wins the award for the most conservative Democrat in the US Senate, but he's had a real challenge being in that thick of a Trump country, West Virginia, and Patrick Morrissey is looking to surprise him in November as West Virginians go to the voting booths 
and choose a new U.S. Senator. And that's a look at the southern states that are all having U.S. Senate races in November. We like to talk politics on the Y'all Show from time to time. We hope you've enjoyed our big dose here on this Tuesday, Y'all, of Senate Talk and more. Well, we got barbecue talk coming up in hour two, so hang on for that. And when we return after the break, we're going to be talking college football. So don't miss it. It's our sports land yap. Good stuff coming with the Y'all Show from John Rawl. Hang on. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Endless scratching. The itch from my eczema is unbearable. Are you struggling to get relief from chronic itching due to your atopic dermatitis, also known as eczema? If so, you may qualify for a clinical study testing an investigational medication for the severe itch associated with atopic dermatitis. Qualified participants will receive study-related care and medication at no charge. Call 1-844-777-4824 or 1-844-777-ITCH. Or visit advandastudy.com for more information on how to participate. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Back for hour two of the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Thank you for listening. Our number, 803-816-1170. We'd love to hear from you here on the All Southern Program, Y'all. We start out this hour with our sports lanyard coming up in just a few. We'll have the barrister of Bo Dace's Barbecue coming by, Matt Hearmans, and he's got a report on grilling as well as some great stops along the way. When you travel the south, he's got a couple places he wants to tell you about for some good cue. That's coming up in just a few. So hang on. We'll get the smoker going for you here on the Y'all Show. But we start Sports Land Yap off this week with some updates from Colorado State as head coach Mike Bobo is undergoing a medical evaluation. The former Georgia Bulldog quarterback, former Georgia Bulldog assistant coach, He's been hospitalized in Fort Collins, Colorado, and is undergoing evaluation after experiencing numbness in his feet, CSU announced in a statement on Monday. Bobo is 44 years old, and he's scheduled to begin his fourth season coaching Colorado State 
and they open the season not on September 1st. They open next weekend on August 25th. I've actually seen the promo, I think, on ESPN. The Rams host the Hawaii Warriors on August 25th to help get the 2018 season started. So we wish Mike Bobo all the best as he was with Mark Richt all those years in Athens as an assistant coach. And, of course, back in the 90s, he was a quarterback for the Red and Black when Jim Donham was head coach in Athens. And Mike Bobo, we wish him well as he's undergoing some evaluations for numbness in his feet. Scary thing. Hopefully everything will turn out as well as it can be. On Rocky Top, we've got some news there as A.J. Johnson, the former Vols linebacker, he signed with the Denver Broncos after his rape acquittal. Yes, we have told you in the past about Johnson and how he went before a trial about an accused rape. He was suspended from the Tennessee football team way back in 2014 after rape charges were filed against him and his former Vols teammate Michael Williams. He wasn't selected in the 2015 NFL draft and hasn't played in all these years. I think it's been four years now since Johnson played football. But the Denver Broncos released a linebacker and have made room for Johnson on the roster, and he signed. So we wish him well. He went through the legal process and was acquitted, and now he has a chance to go to the NFL. A.J. Johnson wishing him the best now that he's had his rape trial end and he was acquitted and no guilty verdict for Johnson. Also on Rocky Top, Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt said that there is no clear race in the race for quarterback on the Hill. Nobody is coming out as the number one guy, according to Pruitt. Pruitt, that's what he said. Jarrett Garantano is the incumbent starter for UT, and he's having to fend off challenges from Stanford graduate transfer Keller Christ, sophomore Will McBride, and freshman J.T. Shrout. Will the big orange go with the experienced guy, or will they go to a newcomer in 2018? Again, the head coach of the Vols, a first-year head coach in Knoxville, Jeremy Pruitt, saying there's no clear leader in the QB race for Big Orange. So we'll let you know when, when and if Pruitt decides who he's going to be having behind center when 2018 begins. So again, Tennessee's season starts in Charlotte. They will face off against the West Virginia Mountaineers on September 1st at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. The first game in Knoxville will be against the ETSU Buccaneers, and that'll be the second week of the college football win. Tennessee takes on ETSU coach by a former Tennessee player. I think he played there. I'm pretty sure he did. I know he was a longtime assistant. Randy Sanders is the head coach now, taking over for Carl Torbush of ETSU. So it's an all-East Tennessee matchup between the Bucks and the Vols in that second week of the college football season. Florida Gators, they're getting some help. Wide receiver Van Jefferson has been ruled eligible to play for UF this fall. He was at Ole Miss, but he transferred to Florida back in January, and he has received a waiver from the Southeastern Conference, giving him permission to play in 2018 for Dan Mullen's Gators. He's a six foot two, 192-pound junior, and in 2017, he recorded 91 receptions, actually throughout his two years in Oxford, 91 receptions for nearly 1,000 yards, four touchdowns at Ole Miss during his past two years. He redshirted for Hugh Freeze in 2015, Matt Luke coached the Rebels in 2018. But Van Jefferson, the latest member of the Florida Gators, getting the green light from the SEC 
home office of Birmingham to suit up in orange and blue. And the Gators will be off and going with Dan Mullen as head coach in 2018. We have been on the Y'all Show the last couple of weeks, kind of walking through the various conferences across the Southeast. We, I think, hit all of them. And we're talking all of your major conferences, SEC, ACC. We talked Big 12. We focused on Conference USA. We focused on the American. We covered the Sun Belt. We have covered FCS conferences like SWAC. We covered the Southern Conference. We covered the Southland Conference. We have skipped past one, though, that I want to cover today because it is a conference that needs a lot of covering because I can't keep track of who all is a member of this conference. And that's the Big South Conference. The Big South Conference, which has most of the teams in the South Carolina, North Carolina area, but scattered throughout. They've had a lot of departures. Teams like Liberty and Coastal Carolina have left that conference to move on to the FBS level. Well, the Big South Conference has currently playing in 2018. Only six programs are part of it. So they only play a five-game conference football schedule at this FCS-level conference, the Big South Conference. And here's their listing of members for 2018. I love this name. Maybe the best name in all of college sports. The Campbell University Camels. The Campbell Camels. They have brought football back to Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, and the Camels, this may be their first year with full eligibility in the Big South Conference, but they are in the Big South Conference playing football, and the orange and black, the Campbell Camels, will be riding into the 2018 season here pretty soon. Also in the Big South, you've got the Charleston Southern Buccaneers. Now, they were a very good team the last three or four years, but they kind of suffered in 2017, the Bucks. Not sure how they're going to be suited for 2018. They've had a new coach come aboard in North Charleston, and we'll see what happens with Charleston Southern. A lot of changes within the players and coaches for Charleston Southern. In Bowling Springs, North Carolina, you find Gardner-Webb University, and the Bulldogs, the running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb, will be up and going with the Big South Conference. They've been a member a long time. A fairly new member of the Big South Conference, but has come on strong, and I think is the easy favorite for champion in 2018, Kennesaw State. The Owls, just north of downtown Atlanta in Cobb County, they have an impressive stadium. They have an impressive rollout of their program. They are on television. If you're in the Atlanta area, a lot of their games are on local TV there in North Georgia, and they are just really doing well. They're on a fast track. I hope they don't jump to FBS, but, man, they've come out of nowhere to have a very impressive launch on the FCS rank, and they, can't, and they made the playoffs last year. In fact, they beat Sanford, I think, in the playoffs, or they beat Sanford one of the games in 2017. But the Kennesaw State Owls, my pick to win the Big South Conference this year, and then this team here that has no business being in the Big South Conference, but I guess there was nowhere else to find a conference home, the Monmouth Hawks. Monmouth is a school in New Jersey on the Atlantic shore of New Jersey, and they're a member of this Southern-based conference, the Big South, and they're in the football side of things. I don't think Monmouth plays basketball and other sports in the Big South Conference. But, yeah, the Monmouth Hawks in the Big South. And finally, this team here only has one more season left in the Big South before they drop down. They're giving up scholarship football. 
the Presbyterian College Blue Hose, PC. This is, they're winding down their scholarship program, giving up scholarships. Why did they do that? Well, they're not winning. They moved up to FCS football thinking it would do all kind of great PR for them. And they've, they've been able to play a few SEC and ACC teams. But have they made lots of money? Have they brought in really quality teams to Clinton, South Carolina for games there? No, they haven't. The program, just like at PC, just like at every college, it costs a lot of money to fund a football scholarship program. And the FCS ranks have 20 less scholarships to fund than an FBS rank. So that saves you tons of money. But it's still, I think it's 65 scholarships you got to come up with if you're an FCS. It's 85 if you're FBS. But still, funding 65, which means you have to match it with other programs like on the women's side, Title IX. And Presbyterian has decided that they are just going to get out of the scholarship. They're going to go play in what's called the Pioneer League. And that's a program that's got teams like Butler is in the Pioneer League. You've got Davidson, the Wildcats are in it, Jacksonville University, San Diego, University of San Diego, not San Diego State, but San Diego Toreros, I think is their nickname out in California. Some mostly high-end, very academic schools that uh, like Valparaiso in Indiana, I think is in the Pioneer League. But they don't offer scholarships, but they play. In fact, they actually could go to the playoffs. San Diego was in the playoffs, I think, last year and maybe even won the first playoff game. So just because you're not on scholarship doesn't mean you don't have good football programs. In fact, you may know this, the Ivy League does not offer scholarships. I, I think they find creative ways to get a lot of players there to pl programs like Harvard and Yale and Dartmouth, but they officially don't offer any athletic scholarships in the Ivy League, and they choose not to go to playoffs, period. Uh, you could be undefeated in the Ivy League, and when your season ends, the best you can hope for is to be crowned Ivy League champs. But the Big South Conference, with those teams there all suiting up, now the Big South is adding in 2019 the Hampton Pirates and the North Alabama Lions, North Alabama UNA moving up from Division II to the Big South Conference for football in 2019. But this year, they're transitioning. They're not going to be in the conference, but they are stepping up. Both the Hampton Pirates, who are switching over from the MEAC to the Big South, and North Alabama, Big South bound. And the Big South Conference, again, looking to crown a champion in 2018. To women's basketball we go. Congratulations to Tennessee Lady Vols coach Holly Warlick. She's received a three-year contract extension in Knoxville. This was announced Friday by Athletic Director Philip Fulmer. Her contract now runs through the 21-22 season. And it's, her deal was originally set to expire at the end of the 2018-2019 season. But she will be giving a three-year extension on her contract. Warlick was an assistant on former Tennessee coach Pat Summit's staff for 27 seasons. And she's a former UT player whose 22 jersey hangs from the Thompson Bowling Arena rafters. I actually am slightly surprised by Warlick getting this contract extension because as great of a program Tennessee's been, and I know they were like the dynasty under Pat Summit. Tennessee women's basketball is not what it once was, and partly because Summit's no longer with us. But secondly, you've seen teams come out of nowhere in the SEC. South Carolina, Mississippi State, those are teams winning championships. Those are teams competing for championships. 
and how Tennessee could be eclipsed by those two programs seems pretty unusual to me. But again, some of that credit goes to coaches like Dawn Staley in Columbia, whose Gamecocks won the national championship two years ago, and what Coach Schaefer's done in Starkville with the Mississippi State women's basketball program. Incredible run playing for the championship the last two years and heartbreakers both years for MSU. But congrats to Holly Warlick with a three-year contract extension for the University of Tennessee. Well, I never fished much growing up. I had a pond in my backyard, but maybe looking back, maybe I should have paid a little bit more attention to my rod and reel. And I say that because we want to congratulate Clint Davis of Montevallo, Alabama. He won $300,000 this past weekend fishing in Hot Springs, Arkansas. His five bass limit tipped the scale Sunday evening at 17 pounds, 13 ounces, the heaviest limit weighed in the three-day event at the FLW Tour. And he wins the event, the 2018 Forest Wood Cup on Lake Washita in Arkansas. And I assume this has to be one of the highest paying fishing tournaments out there on the fishing tour. But my goodness, Mr. Davis, $300,000 you win for your amassing 15 fish totaling 36 pounds, 13 ounces to win the tournament in Arkansas near Hot Springs. Fishing never looked better. <laughs> I'm going to have to teach my son how to, to get a worm on that hook and win $300,000 for himself and for dear old dad too. But take a son, take a child fishing, take a daughter fishing, whatever you have. It's it's something that every Southerner should do. I'm not saying you got to be like Andy Griffith and take your son on every episode of Andy Griffith, but it is just a pastime. And maybe you can do it with a grandparent. Uh, it's it's a fun thing to do. If you get into it, great. If you don't, just, just to have that memory. If you only go one time, fishing is good. And as we can see here from this Alabamian who goes to Arkansas and captures $300,000 cash prize for fishing. Congrats. Well, this is the Y'all Show. We're not going to talk about fishing, but we're going to talk about barbecue when we come back. We've got the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hearman, stopping by with his report. You don't want to miss it. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Somebody go get me that rod and reel right now. Boost Our Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. I just can't stop scratching. Struggling to get relief from itching due to your atopic dermatitis, also known as eczema? If so, you may qualify for a clinical study testing an investigational medication for the itch associated with atopic dermatitis. Qualified participants will receive study-related care at no charge. Call 1-844-777-4824, 1-844-777-ITCH, or visit advandastudy.com for more information on how to participate. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals.
We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. And the Y'all Show is back with you, John Rawl, on a Tuesday, bringing you great music information, great news information, great sports information, and we also have great food information. And our best source for finding out all things great food and great cooking and great barbecue is the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans, And we've got Matt on with us right now. Hello, Matt. Hey, John. How are you? I am doing excellent, 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 but I'm hungry, so I don't know whether it's a good idea to talk to you or not. Well, hopefully we can get you even more hungry. How about that? Well, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, you and I are also both hungry for the start of college football. Matt, we're less than two weeks away now. I know. It's hard to believe. It's, it's just a wonderful time of the year. I can't wait. Now, did you realize that the first weekend of college football is actually next weekend? And, Matt, you're not going to be all that far from one of the first games of college football of 2018. Prairie View A&M travels to Rice and takes on the Owls. If you're not busy, perhaps you want to go check that game out at Rice Stadium? Yeah, I've been to the Rice Stadium before. You know what I did? I knew that there were an early game uh, or two prior to the start of Division One, which mm-hmm. we kind of focus on, but yeah, that you you uh you got me there. I couldn't I wouldn't have been able to name the game um, over at Rice Stadium. Rice Stadium, uh, a small private school, holds about seventy thousand people. The Oilers played there at one time. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I did. In fact, it held a couple of Super Bowls. Oh, that's true too. That's true too. And the Oilers yeah, won the first AFL championship in nineteen sixty. I think they're at Rice Stadium. Yeah, I think you're right. They did play at Rice Stadium then. It's a, it's a big, old, very old stadium. but uh, Big stadium. Big stadium for the Owls. I didn't realize they had that big of a stadium still. I figured like Vanderbilt, they'd found a way to creatively shrink it through the years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've been, they've been talking about it. That's kind of the trend now. You make it nicer and make it smaller, and so it's not a cavernous thing. Rice doesn't draw 75000 to a football game, as you'd imagine, but... No, it's still there. It's still sitting there uh, over in uh, West University Park in the massive stadium, but um, very old. You can tell it hadn't been updated since the 60s, but a yeah. big, big place, big metal, big metal bowl. And their H-Town rival, the Houston Cougars, well, they've got a fairly brand-new stadium that they were able to do. What was it, Epperson Stadium that they tore down and built this new thing? It was It was Robertson they tore down, but, okay. yeah, you're, you're right. Uh that's a pretty – they did kind of the trend of, you know, keeping it realistically sized but making it look good and making it look look like a quality stadium of that size. It's a pretty nice little stadium over there. I think it seats about 35,000 people, which is all the U of H really needs. But it's a nice stadium over in Third Ward, Houston. And, uh, yeah, it's been a nice upgrade for them. The Robertson was literally crumbling to the ground. <laughs> I've been there several times. And give me some credit, Matt. I, it's not Epperson Stadium. That stadium was originally known as Jeppinson Stadium from 1958 yes. to 1980. So I, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's a good, uh, nice catch. Yeah, yeah I very, thought it was something like you're that. You're very close. I don't know why Absolutely. they changed it from Jeppinson to Robertson, but they sure did. 19- yeah, I think there was, had to do with a, a very, very, um, what do you call, superficial renovation, but... Uh, if you give the money, then you get the name. And I was wrong on the Oilers. Their first AFL championship 
played on January 1st, 1961. I'm sure you remember this. They defeated the Los Angeles <laughs> they defeated the Los Angeles Charters 24 to 16 at Jefferson Stadium, not Rice Stadium. So we uh, okay. It, it was the Houston University Stadium. Um, yeah. it's before my time, so uh, I will uh, I wouldn't even ha- I wouldn't even uh, try to go back that far, but you're pretty close. You were yeah. real close. You're well, one year about 10 miles apart, right? Well, if I can get a mulligan on that, I will tell you probably the most historic thing that ever happened. At Rice Stadium, are you ready for this? It, Let's hear it. It had nothing to do with football. Are you familiar with the one okay. I'm talking about? Uh, not off the top of my okay. head. John F. Kennedy came there and gave a big speech when he was president. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. And you'll see, nah, that, you'll see that video a lot of times out there on display of Kennedy there in Houston, which, of course, in that era, Houston was the capital of NASA, still is. And uh-huh. it, it was a, a thriving place and in some ways still is. But, golly, it's so huge now. I don't know how anything thrives. But we're thriving with Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Matt, what is it like to cook and grill when you live in a humongous city like, let's say, uh, in Atlanta or in Houston, where you don't have the maybe a big sprawling backyard that you don't care if you uh, offend anyone or not with your smoke? When you live in a city, it's it's a little bit different to grill out. That's true, especially I guess specifically if you're living in a uh, uh, in a in a place with very limited outdoor areas, right? So, like you said, Atlanta, Houston, places like that. A lot of people live in condos. A lot of people live in apartments. A lot of people live in townhouses because space is at a premium, especially when you get close to the central part of town. Um, I've never had an issue, and I have lived in apartments, and I've lived in uh, small areas when I did live in central Houston years ago, and I grilled and smoked and barbecued uh, to my heart's content, to put it that way. I never had uh, any complaints, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, I can see how that uh, that could be an issue if you were next to somebody, for instance, who did not like weekend charcoal and wood smoke coming around. Now, the funny thing is, that's funny you bring this up. The city of Austin just had a, a couple of years ago, had an issue with, with that particular thing right there. And if you've ever been to Austin, um, it is very, very compact. And there, there's not, it's not exactly sprawling and spacious down in the central area. Um, so there are a ton of condos, a ton of small uh, little areas. But there's a famous barbecue restaurant called Franklin's in Austin. Uh, and there was an issue with some complaints from people around that neighborhood that they had barbecue smoke rolling over their house every other day. Uh, so there was kind of an issue there. But the, even the city of Austin, uh, which is kind of a unique place to say the very least, uh, went ahead and said, no, no, the barbecue smoke is not a pollutant. Uh, we like it, and it's going to stay. So um, I think if that would, if that happens in Austin, Texas, I think, uh, our urban southerner friends are probably okay with pumping out the smoke, even in an urban setting. That's that's what I would go off. Of. Well, in Austin, don't you think they were actually letting the barbecue restaurant slide because they knew that pretty soon in Austin they'll legalize marijuana, and so somebody could go out and have a humongous fire in the yard no. of nothing but marijuana leaves. That's well, that might be true too. It's, it's like it's almost de facto legal there. As it is. Technically, it's not, but they. Uh, they don't prosecute that type of thing if it's under a certain amount, from what from what I understand, being in, uh, yeah. in that, that business 
But uh, oh, yeah. what kind of business are you in? <laughs> the barbecue business, John. <laughs> I thought Duh. you were moonlighting in another way. Which hey, if you you know, it's a free country. If you get away with it, more power to you. Not that business. I, let me specify. Absolutely not. I, I I dabble in legal issues, as you know, and yeah. uh, and I do barbecue. But no, I stay away from. I love plants, but uh, I I stick to the legal type. Hey, do you think potheads who go out and have their toke, do they when they have the munchies, how often do they want to have barbecue as opposed to whatever else they eat when they are high? You know, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna this is pure speculation, okay? But barbecue, especially if you're gonna go get good barbecue, and let's we'll stick with the theme of Austin, can take you a little while. You're gonna have to wait in line. If they run out of food, you're out of luck. All this type of stuff. I don't think. I don't think waiting on on top notch barbecue is at the. Uh, I don't think that's part and parcel of man. I got to eat something right now. So I think it's more <laughs> like run, I think it's run to the Seven Eleven or maybe drive through something quick. Uh, plus, you know, you want to remember. You want to remember fantastic barbecue, right? Yeah, but you want to. Yeah. If I'm if I'm stoned, I'll take anything I can get. I just didn't know if barbecue might bring <laughs> the buzz to an end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Again, pure speculation on my part, but I don't think if you've got to wait, if you've got to wait in line for too long for anything, and and a lot of times you do at a good barbecue joint, that is that is not going to work. It's got to, you know, that food's going to have to happen ten minutes ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, Matt. I want to ask you as a guy who's lived in a condo situation with plenty of other people in my complex. Now that's not quite the same as living in a major city downtown area of a city, but let's say I am like you and I want to go out and grill and cook all the time I've seen in the condo I lived in a very rural setting by the way I've seen a condo building go up in flames in about seven minutes before and it was because of in this case a candle went awry and and it caused the whole Uh, place to burn how important is it when you're grilling to to try to be safe and some of the tips of being safe when grilling to avoid having a fire of which you know, it's bad enough you burn your own house down, but when you burn down like right. eight other people's house down because of your faultiness and and grilling, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. Um, I think the the candle situation is probably a little more dangerous, only because people leave candles. It's very very easy to leave a candle going um, at your house when you leave, and I don't know if you've and I'll uh, I won't spend too much time on this, but I don't know if any of our listeners. If you've ever let a candle burn too long where the wax gets hot, it literally turns into a giant flaming torch. It's hard. It's crazy. I, I didn't know that would happen. But, uh, you know, you leave a candle burning four, five, six hours, the wax gets so hot it can just turn into a massive torch and burn through a table. I've seen it happen. Um, luckily, being at the house, you can put it out. So, I, you know, I don't think a lot of people know how hot and, and dangerous a candle can get. That said, um, yeah, there's things you got to do if you're using a grill i mean the good thing about a grill is if you're using it uh the way you're supposed to uh it's pretty much contained you've always got an ash catcher uh where ashes can try to kind of blow around but um if you use a a, a typical grill that's a kettle shape or even a kind of a square shape and i'm talking about charcoal because the gas grill um gas grill is totally contained and there's uh, uh, very very safe to use a gas grill but if you're using charcoal um, you know, you would it would have to take a serious event for the charcoal to escape to the extent it could light them on fire. Now, you got to keep it away from walls and wood and things like that. Most 
uh, most modern buildings are made with vinyl that's supposed to be fireproof, and I would never test that. Uh, but I would put the put my grill in the middle of the little area you've got. And you don't have to have a lot of space, but you don't want the the grill touching wood. You don't want the grill next to, uh, you know, right next to any type of siding on on a house or anything like that. Because the grill, um, even if you're cooking just open top, the bottom of that grill can get up to four or five to even six hundred degrees if you got a lot of charcoal in there. So. I think you nice to have some a hose handy in case something you know you get some flame ups that start happening if you cook fatty meat, which can happen from time to time. Water hose is good, spray bottle is good, maybe a little bucket of water. Give yourself a few uh, feet between the sides, and you should be just fine. I would never leave a charcoal grill going when I'm not there, um, especially if you're limited in space. Uh, but uh, you know that I would always want to be around at least in the house, at least close enough to run back if something were to happen. But overall, it's going to be pretty safe. And the gas grill, you really don't have to worry about. Okay. Um, well, I'm always absolutely paranoid anytime I use gas grills, even though I may have done it a hundred times before. If there's just something about me just being an idiot and hitting the wrong <laughs> button or pushing my lighter down the wrong way, and boom, I'm history. Yeah. You know, here's the thing about about the gas grills. Every time you've messed around and all of us every time we've messed around with the uh propane tank there's a little regulator on top of it uh, there's typically a regulator attached to the hose that attaches to the grill as well so if there's any type of pressure malfunction or or the uh, uh the propane tank starts to you know release propane too fast or anything happens if it becomes disconnected that regulator will shut off immediately on inside the little unit and it'll be uh it'll be game over for the gas. So the worst case scenario, I think generally is uh, just having, you know, wasting your propane. Propane is not something uh, that will ignite on its own outside. You would have to have a very contained area where it's very dense for it to light. Like you see in a, uh, you know, in a house, when house fires start from a stove or something like that, as long as you're outside, you should be fine. Okay. Um, So, Pretty safe overall. So pretty I, safe, I, I would say. Pretty safe. I don't need to be having nightmares about lighting up no. the propane gas grill. That's good news. No, I don't think so. We're talking with our own version of Smokey Bear here this week. Matt Hearman's the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Only you can prevent stupid fires when you grill. That's Matt's <laughs> wise words here this week. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over to some great barbecue joints that Matt's got lined up for us. I can't wait to find out where we're going after the timeout. So stay with us. The Barrister returns with more Q-Talk. This is the Y'all Show. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. 
Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. Hey, small business owners. Whether you're known for designing dresses for divas or delivering amazingly accurate accounting, there's something that makes your business great. And Vistaprint is here to help you tell the world. That's why we're offering 500 custom business cards starting at $9.99. There are hundreds of styles to choose from, easy logo upload, and our team is standing by to help you out. So be bold, be brilliant, and be the person who gets 500 business cards for just $9.99 at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code 7575 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7575. We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Big hit there for Sugarland down in Mississippi and up to no good. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, and we've got Matt Hermans. And I think the reason we played that, Matt, that song about Mississippi being up to no good, well, we have a reason for that. And that reason would be barbecue. You've got some good places picked out in the Magnolia State. That's right. That's right. That was a nice little uh, segue song there, John. Yeah, I figured we'd we've kind of been all over, not all over, but we've kind of hopped and hopped and skipped our way through uh, the South here, talking barbecue. And I figured we'd we'd take a pit stop in Mississippi. We've both called that state home for a period of time, and uh, I've certainly eaten the barbecue there. And I've got a pl- couple places I can't wait to talk about. Well, I can't wait to hear it from you because Matt, I don't mean to sound stuck up or uh, like a snob, but I I love Mississippi. It's actually uh, a great speech given by Ross Barnett one time. I love Mississippi. <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I don't think barbecue is what Mississippi's known for. So I'm I'm really anxious to hear what you have to say because after living in Mississippi for a long time and enjoying great food, there were some okay barbecue restaurants that I found, but I'm not Matt Hearmans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. So Mr. Hearmans... <laughs> Please enlighten me and let me know where I should have been going all along and when I get back across that border into the Magnolia State to the promised land where I can, all right. where I can go. So take it away. Fantastic. Well, I do I do think you're right. I, uh, I ate a lot of barbecue in Mississippi, and there is a lot of barbecue in Mississippi, but you're right. It's definitely not uh, one of these holy grail places like Memphis or North Carolina, South Carolina, even maybe Georgia to an extent. But... There is some good barbecue in Mississippi, and I like the variations uh, of, of the different areas and the different ways they do things. So, I, I, as you will remember, I ate barbecue quite a bit when I lived in the state of Mississippi, and I ate barbecue everywhere I possibly could. I will tell you the two places that are my <laughs> Matt, you would eat a lot of barbecue if you lived in Antarctica. I mean, come on, let's, let's not <laughs> would, kid ourselves. I'd find, I'd find the only joint uh, <laughs> nestled, in, nestled in, a, in a glacier, yeah, for sure. 
but yeah, I had a lot of arguments. I mean, the two places that I want to talk about today, I think, are interesting because they are uh, they're kind of unique. They have a little unique aspect to them. So the first one I'd like to start with, and I think a lot of people probably know about the place. I think they had a oh, uh, they may have had a short-lived TV show. I don't. I never watched it, but um, it's called The Shed, and it's in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And I stopped there um, a couple years ago on a trip. Uh, from my home state of Texas to Destin for vacation. Okay. And it's it's not too far off the beaten path if you're heading across I-10 that direction. But uh, it is a literally a shed um, kind of in the middle of nowhere next to a, a swamp. They have alligators out there. <laughs> really? Uh, it, it, it really is. And it's, it's not a uh, it's not a brand new, you know, uh, 2018 or 2016, I guess, building. It looks like a shed. It is a it is a rickety old shed, and it's uh, it's a large place. But you show up onto it, and they've got a line, and you run through, and you order your meats. They've got all kinds of different meats there. They've got um, you know they've got ribs. I got pork. I think they had brisket. Even they had a uh, chicken and something pretty cool, which are uh, hog wings. I don't know if you've ever heard of hog wings. I bet you have. No, I haven't. Okay, it is a. Um, uh, it's a shank uh, that kind of resembles a chicken wing uh, in, in in not exactly, but it's kind of a, a little shape like that. And it's basically the uh, a shank. It's kind of part of the, the uh, pig's uh, upper shoulder arm is what I can is what I'm told. I don't know where you find the shank, but that's what they told me. So it's kind of like a pork wing, and they do it the same way. They rub it, uh, you know, smoke it low and slow for a period of time. Uh, then douse it with some sauce. There's a couple different types of sauce they have there, which is great. They have it's one of these places where they have the the mustard sauce and they have the red sauce and they have the vinegar sauce and they have the sweet sauce. They're all pretty good. And if you get the pork wings, it's not the kind of sample one or the other, but they're nice. They're very good. They're they don't taste like chicken. They taste like pig. Really? Uh, tender. They come off the bone. It is kind of like eating a wing. If if you could imagine eating kind of a pork chop off a wing that's really soft and tender. These are really cool. That was the favorite thing I had there. The Shed, uh, the shed BBQ.com is the website for the Shed Barbecue and Blues Joint in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, a wonderful spot on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. i got to love their sense of humor also, Matt. If you go to the website, they have an image of Adam was willing to give up a rib to get a woman. Clearly, he didn't try ours. That is a, a message there on the Shed's Barbecue website. Yeah, it's a pretty cool spot. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek joint like that. They uh, they have good ribs. They have good pork. Uh, their ribs are cooked the way I tend to enjoy to eat them, which is a little bit uh, little bit past what we call competition-level barbecue. So it doesn't fall off the bone, but it doesn't fight you too hard when you bite through. It's very, very tender. I enjoy uh, that texture personally. And they use pecan wood. Um which will, which is kind of a theme uh, from from what from uh, we'll see here in a second. I talk about my second place, but yeah, they use strictly pecan wood, not hickory, um, so it gives it kind of a unique flavor. Pecan wood uh, has a unique taste, um, very woody, a little bit sweet, but very unique. It's hard to explain, um, but it's somewhere between hickory and maybe oak, if I had to put a finger on it. But and Matt, overall, good good place i want to also make sure that our audience heard you correctly i assume you said this word correctly when you were talking about the <laughs> chicken wings they have there they actually don't call them chicken wings they call them chicken wangs w-a-n-g-s 
They call them wings, yeah, and they have the the, the pork. Uh, I'm trying to think what they call the things, hog wings, maybe wings. Um, wings, yeah, that's true. Hog W A N G S. That's, that's right, true. right. So it's you know it's not technically a wing, so it's accurate, I guess, right? Yeah. So um, just like for dessert, anyway. dessert they got not banana pudding, they got nanner pudding. Nanner pudding. That's the way I was when I was about six. So um, it, we didn't. I, you know what? I didn't have dessert. I ate so much meat that I, there was no room for anything else. Great sweet tea, great sauces, okay. great hog wings. Good place. Cool spot. All right. Right off of I-10 on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in the town of Ocean Springs, the Shed Barbecue and Blues Joint. Now, what else you got up your old barbecue sleeve? All right. Well, we'll head north uh, up I-55 to Jackson. Oh. Uh, and there's a there's a there's a place there. It's kind of the reason I like this place is it's a little bit different. Talk about the shed at one end of the spectrum, kind of an old school joint, you know, thrown together with uh, corrugated steel. And then you got the pig and the pint in Jackson, Mississippi, which is kind of this uh, barbecue gastropub type modern thing where it's it's legitimate barbecue. You got the smoker and everything else, but they have a lot of the craft beer, the local beer from Mississippi, uh, from Louisiana, from up in uh, Memphis even. And they have all kinds of different uh, applications of uh, barbecue egg rolls, minto cheese sandwiches with pulled pork, things like that, things that that you would call kind of gastropub fare, but uh, good barbecue. So they're kind of, their uh, specialty is ribs. And what they do uh, that I think is cool is they have a specific, uh, they have a glaze they make with old-fashioned Pepsi Cola. So the old the old Pepsi that was sugar and not high fructose corn syrup, you can still <laughs> buy it. They use that as a base for their barbecue sauce and glaze the ribs. Now, uh, they use spare ribs, but they're St. Louis, I, you know, that, that are trimmed up nicely. So it's, it's a less meaty rib, but it's still, it's real clean looking. It's rectangular. Uh, they use pecan, they use pecan wood as well um, at the at the pig and the pine, which, you know, I'm a fan of pecan wood. And, and, and apparently that's a, a popular wood in Mississippi from what I've seen. So, um, but they have great food. They have a, this is the type of place I would describe it this way. If you've got a significant other, if you've got a wife who does not want to sit down, for instance, and just dig their face into a pile of meat products, they have other things. You know, there's other stuff on the menu, little samplers, appetizers, things that, uh, you know, that, that you may, somebody else may enjoy if they don't want to just sit down and eat a pound of meat. Now, I'll sit down and eat a pound of meat. There's no problem there. Uh, but they do have variety. It's kind of a new, new, new kind of a concept place. And there's a lot of these places. They got something uh, there I, at Pig and Pint called Disco Fries. Did you have any of those? No, I didn't have Disco Fries. I had I had meat and I had some of their pimento cheese. Um, they got pulled pork Disco Fries, smoked chicken Disco Fries, and brisket Disco Fries. I don't know what makes a fry a Disco Fry, but I need to find you know out. What? I think it's uh, it's kind of a southern version of the poutine, if I remember correctly. It's basically sauce and meat and stuff poured over fries. Ah. And... Uh, so it's kind of a big barbecue mess there. Sounds pretty good. They also have barbecue tacos. Yeah, they do. They have tacos. They have all. They have a, a fairly interesting uh, menu, and they have little small, small plates too. You can sample, you know, all kinds of different ways uh, to eat barbecue. Um, really cool spot. Uh, their Pepsi glazed ribs are good. They have a nice pecan smoke. They're cooked well. 
really good ribs, sweet. If you like them sweet, um, it's a very sweet rib, as you can imagine, with the Pepsi glaze. But really cool spot, really good local beers and, and adult beverages. Easy place to hang out in the Fondren area of Jackson. And I would recommend that for that place uh, for and that, sure. Really and that's not downtown, cool. downtown, like right by the state capitol, but it's not no. far far from there. R- correct. Just just up the street, a few miles, little small neighborhood area that's uh, uh, over there, yeah. uh, kind of in the old, old neighborhood part of Jackson. Cool little spot to drive through if you're ever there, and a great yeah. spot to wet your whistle and get you some barbecue. In Jackson, Mississippi, pig and pint. I love their sides. Amongst their side items, they've got collard greens, yeehaw, but also right there along the collard greens, if you want to try something else as a different kind of side, they've got watermelon as an option, as a side. You don't see that often. No, you don't, but man, it's August right now. If I was eating barbecue, uh, I'd love to have some nice, cool uh, watermelon to wash it down. That'd be a great I I never even thought about the combination of watermelon when I eat barbecue. Oh, man. You know, unless I'm at like a picnic, I guess, would make... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, a picnic. Out, outside, you're sweating. Oh, yeah, it sounds good. Well, I try not to sweat. <laughs> I try. It didn't last long. <laughs> well, you can get... I don't know how people make barbecue because it is a very hot process. And, uh, I mean, you got it takes a special kind of person to sit there and tend barbecue in the middle of the summertime and, and, and not sweat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know. If you, you find a person who can do that and not sweat, then, you know, that'd be the first one I've ever seen. It, it involves a lot of sweating. But for, In fact, it's required. It's required. <laughs> well, for those of us who aren't cooking it, that are just getting a chance to devour it, well, that, that often requires, as we said, sweating. And the reward is at least we have some great food and we get some pork in our belly. And, and we just love it, love it, love it. And we love having right. the Barrister of Barbecue stop by with his great recommendations on grilling as well as his, his great tips on where to go when we travel the Southland. And today we went to Mississippi where we went to the Shed and Ocean Springs and we went to the capital of Jackson and went to the Pig and Pint. Pigandpint.com is the website. I can't wait to get to Mississippi again and check out both of these places. Matt, you've made my day. Awesome. Yeah, maybe we can meet up and do it together because I'm hungry myself. Well, why don't we just get everybody? Let's all go to a crusade through Mississippi, and then we'll turn around and go to other states, and we'll just go. I'm telling you, Matt, I think there is a business to be had if you would just lead, like, tour bus groups on a crusade across the Southland, a Q crusade. How does that sound? It sounds great to me. You never get me off the bus. <laughs> you can be the John Madden of barbecue. I love it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Matt Herman, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Look forward to it next time. Aye, aye. Well, that concludes our Y'all Show for today. I want to thank again Mr. Hermans for stopping by. And in hour one of today's Y'all Show, our great report from Amon Bathija from the Texas Tribune and his preview of what's going on in the Lone Star State when it comes to the Senate race between Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke and all the other political goings on in the Lone Star State. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. We've got country music to talk about and a whole lot more. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. We'll see you tomorrow. Blue Star Medicated Ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. 
it's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry crack skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Endless scratching. The itch from my eczema is unbearable. Are you struggling to get relief from chronic itching due to your atopic dermatitis, also known as eczema? If so, you may qualify for a clinical study testing an investigational medication for the severe itch associated with atopic dermatitis. Qualified participants will receive study-related care and medication at no charge. Call 1-844-777-4824 or 1-844-777-ITCH. Or visit advandastudy.com for more information on how to participate. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals.